Today is Wednesday, November the 29th, 2023, and this is a Daily Inc. update. 4,000 auto dealers here in the U.S. have signed on to a letter that was sent to President Joe Biden. That letter urges him to back off the push for electric vehicles and increase sales to be at 60 percent by 2030. The auto dealers wrote that the supply of unsold EV is surging and they're not selling as fast as they're arriving on the lots. And that includes all the deep price cuts that are being put in place by manufacturers and the government. Just last month, several big auto manufacturers revamped their EV projections and production goals. Ford cut back on $12 billion in EV investments, saying that they are being judicious about future production in order to better match market demand. GM also decided to slow production of their EV pickup trucks. The changes are all because Americans are not wanting the EVs due to their cost, battery charge durability, and issues with the availability of charging stations, as well as refueling times, which can take up to 45 minutes. The auto dealers have put it more politely in that letter, saying that some customers are in the market for EVs, but the majority of customers are not ready to make the change. In this letter, they also called on Joe Biden to tap the brakes on unrealistic government EV mandates in order to allow for more time for technology to improve and advance on batteries and for domestic sources to grow in finding the necessary minerals for those batteries. Currently, those minerals are being supplied solely by China. President Joe Biden's son, Hunter, will be answering questions from the House Oversight Committee this coming month of December. The attorney for Hunter, Abby Lowell, wrote to the Oversight Committee chairman, James Comer, and said his client is ready to testify but wants to be in public and plans to do so at the Public Oversight and Accountability Committee hearing. Lowell indicated that Hunter wants to put an end to what was termed as an empty investigation that is wasting time in Congress and using up government resources. The subpoena that was sent to Hunter by the House Oversight Committee has set a deposition date for December 14th. We're assuming that's the time that Hunter will appear. Hunter is being called in to answer questions about his foreign business deals that benefited all the members of the Biden family, including Joe, while the Biden family did not offer any tangible service or product other than access to Joe Biden when he was vice president. The trial against Donald Trump in New York City continues forward. The latest to testify in this civil fraud case were executives from Deutsche Bank, including managing director Dave Williams. He took to the witness stand to answer questions from New York Attorney General Letitia James. Williams did not side with James on her conclusion that Trump had overvalued his assets and properties when he was seeking bank loans from Deutsche Bank. Williams confirmed to James that Trump never defaulted on his loans from Deutsche Bank or any other bank for that matter. And he also stated that it was impossible for Deutsche Bank to properly calculate the net worth of their client with any mathematical certainty. Williams maintained on the stand that net worth is a largely subjective series of estimates. The statements from Williams is a bolster to Trump's defense and against the claims of James that banks were defrauded their interest rate gains due to Trump's value claims. More executives from Deutsche Bank are expected to testify in the next few days. There are now 33 states that have filed a lawsuit against the parent company of Instagram and Facebook. The lawsuit is ongoing against Meta and CEO Mark Zuckerberg. And the recent revelation of lawsuit documents from the plaintiffs have allegations that Meta coveted and pursued underage users once they were aware of their presence on the platform. The claims in the court were reported on by the New York Times. The plaintiffs continue to accuse Meta of dishonest practices in managing those accounts with users under the age of 13, first by not enforcing the age restriction at all, and then second by not pursuing parental consent. 
The Pope is taking out all of the enemies that are closest to him, apparently. Pope Francis has removed Cardinal Burke from a Vatican apartment and has eliminated his salary. Burke has been one of the most conservative critics of the Pope. He was ordained a priest in 1975 and is considered an expert in canon law. He was then made a cardinal by Pope Benedict in 2010. Burke was given a ceremonial role by Francis a few years ago. Since then, Burke has questioned the Pope's stance on same-sex unions, women's ordination to the priesthood, and sacramental absolution. Pope Francis called Burke a source of disunity and employed the privilege of removing retired cardinals from the Vatican. These natural story updates have been brought to you by Open Inc., a website that is a repository of documents for those who like deep digging, critical thinking, and true journalism where the facts speak for themselves. Up next, a preview of what is coming and what is available on the Open Inc. website. There are three new videos that have been released to the public and are being reported on by the Gateway Pundit involving January 6th and the protest in Washington, D.C. One of those videos shows Capitol Hill police clearly beating an elderly man senseless because he was pushed by the crowds and up next to the police. The Capitol Hill police used batons and their fists to strike the man and whoever else they could in that crowd. Another video shows an elderly woman being shoved from the top of a set of stairs leading up to the Capitol building. She was shoved by police and falls backwards down about 15 steps to land on her back. And the third video shows a Capitol police officer directly spraying tear gas into a man's face. The use of tear gas as well as flashbangs by police was first initiated without any visible or tangible reason documented on video. The protesters there were not making massive breaches in the police wall, but the tear gas was thrown into the crowds anyways, and this ended up causing the crowds to get agitated against the police, and then they ended up breaching the gap. Julie Kelly is an independent journalist who has talked with several of the J6 protesters who are currently in a legal battle with the FBI and Department of Justice regarding the events of that day. Kelly spoke on Real America's Voice with Jack Posobiec about what these videos are showing when it comes to police brutality. I have re- I've called described January 6th the biggest incident of police brutality since the civil rights era, and that is true. The behavior of Capitol Police and especially D.C. Metro Police, if this were a left-wing demonstration or these were mostly white police officers beating up on black protesters, we would have people in jail, we would have civil lawsuits filed by the Department of Justice, we would have protests in the streets. Instead, these two police departments, despite, and that's just one incident that you're showing, they did this to women. So these are just a few instances, Jack. These police departments have received presidential medals. They have received congressional medals. Celebrity January 6th cops like Mike Fanone and Harry Dunn and Aquilina Ganell, who've lied under oath about what they experienced and what they did, have gotten book deals. They've gotten CNN gigs. They're going to the courthouse to give victim impact statements to try to result in excessive prison sentences for January 6th defendants. This is a huge cover-up of police brutality on a broad scale. There's a lot more to be shown, by the way, not just surveillance, but body-worn camera footage. Furthermore, Jack, most of the injuries that we hear about, 140 police officers, they were injured by their own fellow officers. They were gassed by their own officers on the west side of the building. 
probably where you walked up and saw the first launch of um, stun grenades and flashbangs. They were dousing people with tear gas and 18 mile an hour winds that was just taking back to their own officers. That's what resulted in the fall of the police line on the west side at 2.30. And that's how then you saw people going into the tunnel. You saw people, of course, they were breaking in in other areas. Um, but that is what police did. Friendly fire, injury-friendly fires that fire that then left the building unprotected and vulnerable in numerous locations. Kelly then goes on to say that the release of all this video footage is revealing to Americans how much they've been lied to by so many entities out there. You know, I just think more broadly, the release of these tapes and what people are seeing uh, is shocking to them because this totally contradicts the very carefully constructed insurrection narrative that was formed not just by Democrats, but of course, a lot of establishment Republicans, the January 6th Select Committee and the corporate media. These are tapes, of course, you saw this in person as it was happening. I've seen a lot of these recordings over the past few years whether it's surveillance video or body-worn camera footage or just open source footage. So the American people are really shocked at two things. Number one, seeing people walk into the building with police standing right there. But I think more importantly, the numerous instances of police brutality really uncalled for to your point, that incited the crowd and then prompted a lot of the clashes between protesters and police that people have seen kind of on a nonstop loop since January 6, 2021. After Americans start to realize how much they've been lied to, the next question that arises is why? Why are so many within the government and on the left determined to paint millions of Americans who exercise their basic right to protest as insurrectionists instead, especially in light of how much Antifa has gotten away with and they are given a pass. Could it be that all of this is a very well-planned distraction to cause pain and trouble to those who were involved in the January 6th protest because that distracts from the real insurrection that happened a few months prior on Tuesday in November 2020, the day of the presidential election? where Donald Trump was winning handily, only to have strange anomalies happen in the middle of the night in those swing states, and weeks later, after certain mail-in ballots were counted, someone else declared the winner. Don't forget there is an opportunity for those of you who utilize the opening resource to offer any tips on documentation, ideas, or resources that would be useful in expanding the opening website. You can send those ideas by way of an email to grace at open.inc. Thanks for listening to this Daily Inc. update.